Listen to God's Word for December 21st. Today's reading is Hebrews 7 through 9. May God bless this reading of His Word. Hebrews 7 This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham apportioned to him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother or genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest for all time. Consider how great Melchizedek was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law commands the sons of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brothers, though they too are descended from Abraham. But Melchizedek, who did not trace his descent from Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And indisputably, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the case of the Levites, mortal men collect the tenth. But in the case of Melchizedek, it is affirmed that he lives on. And so to speak, Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. For when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the loin of his ancestor. Now, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on this basis the people received the law, why was there still need for another priest to appear, one in the order of Melchizedek and not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed as well. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, a tribe as to which Moses said nothing about priests. And this point is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not by a law of succession, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is testified, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So the former commandment is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced, by which we draw near to God. And none of this happened without an oath. For others became priests without an oath. But Jesus became a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now there have been many other priests, since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives 
to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly befits us, one who is holy, innocent, undefiled, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer daily sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for sin once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Hebrews 8 The point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who ministers in the sanctuary and true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. And since every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are already priests who offer gifts according to the law. The place where they serve is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now, however, Jesus has received a much more excellent ministry, just as the covenant he mediates is better and is founded on better promises. For if that first covenant had been without fault, no place would have been sought for a second. But God found fault with the people and said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not abide by my covenant, and I disregarded them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and inscribe them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each one teach his neighbor or his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquities and will remember their sins no more. By speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. Hebrews 9 now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was prepared. In its first room were the lampstand, the table, and the consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, containing the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. Inside the ark were the gold jar of manna 
Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been prepared in this way, the priests entered regularly into the first room to perform their sacred duties. But only the high priest entered the second room, and then only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By this arrangement, the Holy Spirit was showing that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed, as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. It is an illustration for the present time, because the gifts and sacrifices being offered were unable to cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. They consist only in food and drink and special washings, external regulations imposed until the time of reform. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that have come, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made by hands and is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that their bodies are clean, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, purify our consciences from works of death, so that we may serve the living God. Therefore, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died to redeem them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to establish the death of the one who made it, because a will does not take effect until the one who made it has died. It cannot be executed while he is still alive. That is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. For when Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, along with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with blood the tabernacle and all the vessels used in worship. According to the law, in fact, nearly everything must be purified with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. So it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a man-made copy of the true sanctuary, but he entered heaven itself, now to appear on our behalf in the presence of God nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again 
as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is appointed to die once and after that to face judgment, so also Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info at org.